looked at the end of First Peter chapter 2, which uh, very sadly and humblingly has been utilized to defend slavery at different times across the world and by many different followers of Jesus in different countries. But the passage is actually far more about suffering. And what do Christians do when they suffer both just and unjust suffering? Which is how it was utilized in the context of slavery. And slavery of all forms. And all forms are evil. But the passage mentions slaves once and mentions various kinds of just and unjust sufferings about nine times in a few verses. And the whole point is Peter has the full expectation that those who understand what Christ has done for them, when they suffer justly or unjustly, they will be over time grown up into a person that does not cause the person or persons who caused our suffering, justly or unjustly, to suffer themselves. We do not harm back. And there are all sorts of contexts where we could argue about this, from just war theory to abuse and trauma and things like that. But in a, in a basics, and, and I'm not marginalizing those things, but that's not what Peter's talking about. Peter's talking about in a basic way, especially perhaps with your boss. What do you do when you are unjustly criticized? I gave an example of a time that I was actually justly criticized, and, um, and then I sort of made fun of the example after it, perhaps invalidating the whole analogy. And the thing that's important when those, when, when those of us that have experienced trauma uh, hear something like this, the, the, one of the most important things to say is, it's not the only thing we do. <laughs> it's not as though when someone vi- uh, attacks us verbally, and that's the, the word revile, that's what that means, is to verbally attack or abuse. When we're attacked verbally, it doesn't mean we don't ever draw boundaries and we don't ever think about it again and we don't ever talk with other people that might help us uh, resolve or change the relationship. But first, what do we do? We don't attack back. And when we do attack back, we have other Christian uh, texts to help us. Namely, we ask for their forgiveness. But I think the the letter, so much has been lost in translation in Peter's letter that we miss the beauty of what he's saying, which is that those who understand what has been done for them by Jesus, who was reviled, who suffered unjustly, so that we would be healed, those people, when they suffer justly or unjustly, do not cause the other person to suffer in return. This is a beautiful part of the full Christian understanding of forgiveness. I was speaking with a woman today who needed to be reminded or perhaps learned for the first time that forgiveness and reconciliation are different things. They're linked, and they're both important, but but the Christian teaching on the importance of forgiveness um, is that we don't desire the ruin of the other. That's the beginning of it. And for many of us, that takes a lot of energy and a lot of daily moves, but most of us can get there and are, in fact, not in places of unforgiveness. It's one of the most regular burdens I have as a pastor is helping people, because of the direct words of Jesus, understand that they're not in a place of unforgiveness. But linked to that and linked to Jesus' teachings on turning the other cheek and uh, taking care of our neighbor is the initial Christian reaction. 
And how do we accomplish that? How do we grow into that? Well, all of the ways given to us. We participate in corporate worship. We pray. When we do attack and return, we ask for forgiveness. And all of these ways, and that wasn't supposed to be a comprehensive list, but all of these ways are doing something so beautiful. We are being grown into a spiritual house where we can bring the shalom of God to the neighbors that God has put into our life. And one of the obvious outcomes of that house building that the Holy Spirit does in us is that we do not revile in return. I know we haven't done a recording every week, but I am still committed to the podcast. I hope that you're encouraged knowing that God loves you and likes you. And because of the work of Christ, if you call him Lord, he is yours and you are his forever. That's the good news and it's encouraging. 